Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. <laughs> Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, they're just getting underway at REMAX Field. The Edmonton Prospects hosting Medicine Hat tonight. Mother notes here for the Eskimos. We had Greg Ellingson on the show before the 7 o'clock news. His receiving core will look a little different on Thursday. Devaris Daniels once again out of action. So Tavon Smith will come into the starting lineup. Kyle Saxolid, who started last game at right guard, will be the sixth offensive lineman. Travis Bond comes in to start at right guard. I mean, we'll get the uh, official depth chart tomorrow morning, but this is how it is looking. So there will be three Americans on the offensive line. So uh, an American offensive lineman comes in with an American receiver going out, and a Canadian receiver, Tavon Smith, will get some more action uh, at receiver. So that's something to keep an eye on for the Eskimos tomorrow. Brian Wiseman is the new assistant coach of the Edmonton Oilers. His hiring was made official today by the team. 48 years old, last seven seasons with the University of Michigan as an assistant. I was uh, telling you earlier that he did play three games in the NHL in 96-97 with Toronto. He played at the University of Michigan, played in the IHL, played in the AHL, and got that brief look with the Maple Leafs. Brian Wiseman, not a big guy. When he played, he was about 5'7", around 180-185, and uh, he was telling Bob Stoffer earlier today about the skill set of undersized NHL players. <laughs> They're a lot faster than I was too back then. Too, but, uh, yeah. it's, it's an exciting time, you know, for these young players to with this game. And obviously, um, uh, when I was at at University of Michigan, recruiting young players uh, to come to the university and then be able to coach them here, and then seeing how young the league is, the league has been getting uh, over the last few years. Uh, these kids are highly intelligent. Uh, they're extremely motivated and committed, and, and certainly exciting. And, and that's for me, that's exciting to me uh, to be able to be a part of that development process with these guys. All right, a little bit there from Oilers' new assistant coach, Brian Wiseman. Get the full story, the audio, on 630Ched.com. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. You can text 630-630. We uh, had Cooper Marodi on the show. We have played some songs recorded by athletes over the years. We're getting too many on the text line to to play all of them, certainly. This texter says, Athletes singing? Well, I'd rather have bleach poured in my ears. That's quite an image from that texter. Who goes on to say, Athletes acting? I'll take that all day. Keith Hernandez in Seinfeld. Wade Boggs in Cheers. LeBron James talking about Downton Abbey. Classic. Did I say that properly? Downton Abbey? Downton Abbey. Uh, and w- I don't know, what, what movie was he in or show was he in when he was talking about that? I don't even know. I, I'll, I certainly t- take that texture's word for it. 
I don't know when LeBron James was talking about Downton Abbey. Well, he was in some movie, wasn't he? A couple of years ago. He's a talented guy. Do you remember Keith Hernandez in Seinfeld? I've seen it a couple times. I yeah. am Keith Hernandez. I, I, you know, I hate to say this. I don't remember Wade Boggs in Cheers. Like, I know he was on Cheers, but I don't remember the exact scene. What was the name of the fictional Boston Bruins goaltender that was going out with uh, Eddie Levesque? What was Real Real Perlman's name? The waitress. Wasn't it Rita? Was it Rita? I want to say Rita. I don't know. She's married to Danny DeVito. But was it not Eddie Levesque? I think so. Yeah. I'm sure the text line will tell us if we're right I think it was. Anyway, I but... think it was Eddie Levesque. Uh, I remember him in Cheers. Not, not a real athlete, obviously. And Ted Danson, his character Sam Malone, was a fictional relief pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. Do we count? Do we count the entire uh, MLB cast of that one Simpsons episode for the oh, uh, softball team? We'll talk about athletes acting. <laughs> we should play that. Uh, we should play the song from that. That's that would be good. Yeah, the end credits theme for that song or the show is incredible. Who were okay? No, I didn't know we were going to do. This. Who were the athletes? It was Ozzy Smith. Mm-hmm. Ken Griffey Jr. Daryl Strawberry. Was Conseco in? Oh, Mattingly. Yeah, Conseco was in it too. Mattingly, yeah. Conseco. No, Magu- I don't think McGuire was in that one. I think he was in a later one. He was in a later one, yep. Oh, who else was in that? Well, we got five of the... Or were there... Did they have nine? But M- Mattingly, they had the shave your sideburns bit. Right. And Ozzy Smith... Was it Ozzy Smith that got trapped in the tourist thing and fell down that endless pit? Mm-hmm. I think it was also Ozzy Smith, too, that was uh, getting Carla. cheered by Carla the fans. Carla was the waitress, played by Rhea Perlman. Carla, there we go, yes. yes. Yes, there we go. Thank you. Jay Thomas played Eddie. Wow, we got like three texts on that. There's your Cheers trivia. There you go. All right, uh, you can keep texting 630-630. I uh, do enjoy hearing from you. We're having a fun summer day. Oh, Roger Clemens was on it. There you go. Yeah, he was. That's right. So Ozzy Smith, Ken Griffey Jr., Don Mattingly, Daryl Strawberry, Jose Canseco, Roger Clemens. I think there were nine. Well, yeah, there was. Because everybody got hurt except for homers. Yeah. So the real the, the, the softball team had to play, except Homer couldn't get into the game, right? Right. Yeah, Homer was the alternate, right? Daryl. Daryl. <laughs> I was from that, too. Okay. Oh, Steve Sachs. There we go. That's Thank it. you. Wasn't there... Oh, that when he got pulled over by the cops. Uh-huh. You just don't know when to keep your mouth shut, do you, sexy boy? <laughs> uh, yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. All right, well, we will uh, update this list. It's a during, classic episode. During the it's commercial, awesome. that is... Uh, Wade Boggs. That's right, yeah. Wade Boggs, Ozzie Smith, Ken Griffey Jr., Don Mattingly, Daryl Strawberry, Jose Canseco, Roger Clemens, Steve Sachs, Wade Boggs. That's, was there not a ninth? How many do we got? Eight? Is there a catcher in that group? Uh, who, Ozzie Smith, shortstop, Griffey Jr., outfielder, Mattingly first, Strawberry outfielder, Canseco outfielder. Sachs would have played second. Yeah, we're miss. Uh, I think we're missing somebody. Anyway, 
Well, see if see if the person calling in knows. This is this is really important for me now to figure this out. I think he's got it. Yeah. Okay. Who do we have? Uh, who, who's on, who's on the line here? It's Mike. Hi, Mike. Who is the guy we're missing? Mike Sosha. Yes, Sosha was on it, and now he's is he he's still the manager of the Angels, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Mike Sosha always looks to me like he's about to break down into tears. Like he has the saddest face I've ever seen. <laughs> I think they had him selling something on the show. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. I'm gonna have to go home and watch it now. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Hey, uh, I I gotta ask you something. Are you are you interested in going to the Eskimos game Thursday? Because I got tickets to give away, and I can give them to you for knowing the ninth player. Oh, sounds great. Okay, hang on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hang on the line, all right? Kellen will take down your info, and the Eskimos are taking on the Argos, their head coach, Corey Chamberlain, when we get back. You're home for all the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Outstanding track. We will have King's Court with Eskimos long snapper Ryan King in about half an hour here on Inside Sports, a fun weekly feature we have. But right now we're going to get to the coach of the team that the Eskimos are taking on in two days, Corey Chamberlain, leading the Toronto Argos in the Commonwealth Stadium on Thursday. Corey, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Pretty good. How's it going? Doing very well. I'd say welcome to Edmonton, but you guys must feel like you're honorary citizens by now. Tell, tell us a little bit about the, the decision to stay out west and how you've been spending the past week. Yeah, you know, we've, we've been out here for a minute, you know, and, uh, you know, we have a lot going on back home with the races and a lot of different things. And, you know, there's going to be distractions on both sides. And, you know, um, earlier in the off season when we put it together, thought it'd just be good. Uh, give us a chance to bond, which is, you know, one thing and two, and uh, just give us a settled environment. And I think that's the biggest thing right now is, um, you know, it helps us function. It's functionable. We're all together, and in some ways it's better because um, we get to see the guys all day, you know, so they can't just leave out at one thirty and disperse in a big city. They have to, uh, you know, hang around, and we get to see them and, you know, become closer as a team. You know, as a coach here in Edmonton, uh, Jason Moss and his coaching staff have been talking a lot about uh, team bonding, getting to know your teammates and uh, playing for the guy next year. And I know coaches talk a lot about that, but maybe there are different ways to put it into action. Uh, where do you come down on that side of it? I mean, a lot of times coaches are, are talked about for what they do with the X's and O's and their in-game decisions. But uh, how do you handle the, the camaraderie, the team building side of the job? Uh, you know, the first thing is, you know, uh, there, there are some things that you just have to let be. You know, there's some times, like Francis today, you know, um, with the music, 
you know, a guy had a little music pill or whatever, and we were on the defensive bus, and, you know, usually I'd be like, you know, hey, turn it off or whatever, you know, with your earphones. But it's been one of those things to where, hey, as long as the music was clean, you know, guys, whether they sing together, have fun together, crack jokes together, there's been a lot of different things like that to where they become comfortable with one another. And that's the biggest thing is that's not something that you can manufacture. You can put them in the room and do those things, but guys have to figure themselves out of how to get on the same page, you know, um, professionally and personally. And I think that's where we are right now is guys understanding who they are professionally and they, each other, and they're understanding uh, who each other are personally. And I think that's the biggest thing in terms of growth is like anything else, uh, you have to be around each other and figure them out and then grow from there. Corey, your, your personal journey is, is an interesting one. If we look at, I guess, maybe the last se- seven or eight years, you were in Saskatchewan, you had the highest of the highs, you won the Grey Cup, and then two years later, you're not the coach anymore, and now and now you're back in Toronto. You know, there's an old joke that if, if you want a job with not a lot of job security, you go into coaching. I guess maybe it's not a joke if you are a coach, but I think you know where I'm getting at, what I'm getting at here. But I, I was hoping you could just touch on, on the journey for you. I mean, you've lived some ups and downs, and, and now you're back in charge of a team again you know I, I think that's my that's just not my personal I mean professional life that's the same with my personal life you know in terms of uh you know just football in terms of a player or whatever you know um and I think that's a part of it and a lot of this for me is I, I like it because I like to lend to these guys the experiences that I've had in my career as a player and as a coach is that you know hey there's going to be ups and downs just like in life is how you handle those you know um you know mine is for um, more so forefront because being a head coach and everyone sees it, you know, and, and it's how you handle those things. Uh, you know, are you going to handle when people, you know, smile because you're not doing well? You know, that's a part of life, you know. Uh, so those are the things that I lend those guys and, and also just, hey, man, how to fight back, you know, how you, how you have to dig in there and fight when it doesn't look like it's going your way. And, uh, you know, and, that, and that's what it's always been for me, keeping a positive attitude, keeping positive actions, continue to move forward. And, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, along your personal journey, you know, building your personal legend, you know, and, and how people remember you. And for me, it's about, hey, you know, there is no job security in coaching unless you're winning. And then even sometimes it's not for the very longest stuff of that year. But nevertheless, I'm always up for the challenge. I enjoy it. I enjoy teaching men. I enjoy teaching them how to win on and off the field. And uh, sometimes, you know, uh, it ends in a win column and sometimes it doesn't. But overall, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it's all about not being counted out and finishing to the end. Do you feel there's anything you're consciously or drastically doing different than you did during your tenure with Saskatchewan? I mean, you mentioned how you're changing. You're always trying to get better. It's I know it's only four years since you coached, but that, that can be sort of a new gener- generation of athletes and, and younger men coming into the league. Is there anything that is, is really different, you think, about you as a coach? Or, or maybe there's something different about the players you're coaching now? I think it's both. I think my time in Arkansas was probably the best by coaching a younger generation and being around them and see how they think. You know, and I think, uh, you know, even the day I had a conversation with one of our rookies and just to hear the way that he, he was thinking, I'm like, wow. You know, but you can see the difference that, you know, um, you know, in, in the way that I coach is it's more so is really getting a, a feel for the team, you know, getting a feel for who they are. You know, personally or whatever, and each team's going to be different. Each individual is going to be different. But I think the biggest thing is, you know, not that I didn't have a pulse, but it was more so, you know, like, hey, let's go. I'm a grinder. You know, this is what I do. I work hard. I work long, and I enjoy it. Not everybody's built that way. 
so I can't grind everyone. Some some people, they, they won't get it overnight. It may take them one or two nights to get something, and that's the biggest thing for me is it's just trying to make sure that I'm not trying to squeeze it all at one time because some people can't handle the pressure. Some people can't handle the grind, you know, and, and so that's the biggest thing with me is understanding that, okay, not everyone's built like me. Not everyone thinks like me, you know, so it's really just, Hey, though I'm a leader, that leader is really understanding all those who I have to lead, not just myself. And, hey, this is who I am, and this is how we're going to do it. It's easy to say it, but sometimes there can be uh, some drawback or some pullback until you learn how these guys function. And I think that's been the biggest thing for me is uh, learning how they function and paying more attention to how they function and how they think on a daily basis. Corey Chamberlain joining us on Inside Sports. He's the head coach of the Toronto Argos, who will face the Eskimos on the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium on Thursday. Corey, you guys are 0-5. Obviously, uh, a couple games pretty close didn't go your way. You had that kind of unusual finish to, uh, to the Lions a few weeks ago where you lost by a point. That was obviously a tough one for you guys. You know, Corey, a, a lot of athletes and coaches I talk to, they use that, that word confidence and how that can make a difference between the, the, the win and a loss and, and you can get the confidence going in a, in a positive direction or, or going in a, in a negative direction depending on some of your results. You know, at 0-5, i got to ask you, how would you assess the confidence level of your team? Is it, is it at or near where you would like uh, given the record so far? Uh, you know what, I think each week that we've actually grown in confidence in, in, in certain areas, and some may have had, you know, a bigger knock. That's just a part of it. And some of that, whether it be a unit or individual, you know, like anything else, you want to win a game. And you can see those things. You just have to show them the growth and what they're having. And uh, like I said, some guys were waiting to grow a little bit quicker. But uh, the confidence win breeds the most confidence. And, you know, and sometimes win breeds overconfidence. And what I mean by that is we are where we are right now. But once we get on this winning trail, I think the thing is we won't get too high with the highs because we understand the law. And I think that's going to be the positive out of learning how to uh, face this adversity and move forward when, when we uh, begin to win and understand what it takes to win and not to get back to where we were. All right. Uh, well, I should uh, ask you one about the game coming up. And I know, Corey, I know coaches hate this question, and I'm not trying to pry into your playbook or get you to mail me a copy. But uh, <laughs> give me a, you know, your, your view of the Eskimos, your, maybe your quick uh, scouting report. What are some of the things that uh, you're, you're keeping an eye on here for Thursday's game? Well, I think everybody sees the same thing with them. They're an efficient offense. You know, uh, Jason Moss is going to make sure that um, um, that the quarterback, you know, has has the ball out of his hands quick. They're not going to take the hits. You know, so you you have to understand that. You understand that it's going to be quick. It's going to be fast. It's going to be West Coast paced offense. You know, and defensively they're aggressive. You know, and uh, that's Lolly style. That's what they're going to, want to do. You know, and get after you. So you know, it's, it's it's not too much different than they've been in the years past. And um, you know, they've changed the quarterback and all those things. And you know, you're playing in a, in a in a good stadium with a good crowd. So you know, all those things we have to prepare for them is uh, find a way to disrupt the rhythm and timing of the quarterback and uh, stay on schedule on on our offense side of the ball. Well, Corey, I, I do appreciate you making time for us. It's great to have you back in the Canadian Football League. And hey, staying a week in Edmonton. I think we showed you guys every season except for winter. We didn't quite get snow, but we did We did a good job showing you everything else, I think. <laughs> we, we were close, but I appreciate it. That is Corey Chamberlain checking in tonight, the head coach of the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, man, they have been, well, basically they've been blown away in three games. They've been close in a couple, really close against BC. That's the one they lost when uh, the single point 
PC got the single point on the missed field goal with the returner stepping on the end line. Eskimos and Argos, 6 o'clock countdown to kickoff on Thursday on 6.30. Chad, the game will begin at 7.30. Well, it's uh, been an ongoing story in Calgary. Not quite as long as it was an ongoing story here, but it could be by the time is that all is said and done. New arena, arena deal, took a step forward yesterday. What exactly is going on? Lisa McGregor from Global Calgary will fill you in on the story when we get back. Hi, this is Armando Sewell of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Well, thank you, Mr. Sewell. Now get back to that film work. Brian Wiseman is the new assistant coach of the Edmonton Oilers. Last seven seasons, an assistant with the University of Michigan. Now he's filling the role where sometimes this coach is the eye in the sky rather than being on the bench, and he says, uh, yeah, I can handle that. No, not at all. Um, I've, uh, I've, I've told uh, Dave that uh, however he needs me to contribute to the organization, to the, his staff, I'm willing to do. And uh, and that does not have to be on the bench by any means. If it's, if it's uh, in the press box, the eye in the sky role uh, to provide you know some insight, some value that way, then I'm, I'm all for it. All right, so he's uh, fine being up top if he needs to be. Brian Wiseman was, uh, like I mentioned, an assistant with Michigan on the staff that coached Oilers prospect Cooper Marodi for four seasons. We had Marodi on the show earlier. Some very kind things to say about Wiseman, and Marodi has put out a country music single called Behind Me. So one of our, uh, well, the off-topic topic tonight has been your favorite, least favorite, cheesiest song by an athlete. Well, how can we leave out the big diesel. Remember when you asked me this one day, who I wanna be? Like I said, Doctor J. You said good. Now you gotta go. Take the damn ball and slam it to the hole. I'm trying to smile. Daddy gave a frown. I said to myself, I can't let them down. So make way, I'm coming for the landing. It's gonna stop me from being outstanding. Looking at uh, Shaquille O'Neal's discography earlier today, Kellen. Right. Shaquille O'Neal put out four albums. Now let's skip to the. They were called "I Hate Kobe," "Kobe <laughs> Sucks," "Kobe Who," and "Get Lost Kobe." Oh, maybe not. Maybe that's not there. And he wasn't talking about the beef either. He was talking about the. <laughs> that's that's right. He, he's not against Kobe beef. Gotcha. That's for sure. He has beef with Kobe. Uh, all right. So uh, Eskimos and Argos coming up on uh, Thursday. We'll have that game for you. We have all the Oilers games. They play in Rogers Place, relatively new building. They've been there three seasons. Maybe someday soon the Calgary Flames will have a new building. To update that story from Global Calgary, Lisa McGregor. Lisa, great to talk to you again. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's nice to talk to you again, too, Reed. Yes, uh, obviously you used to work here in Edmonton. Where, where were you with? You were with the old Canadian Broadcasting Corporation? I was. I'd run into you in the field working for those guys, and then I switched over to the dark side, and now I work for Global TV, and I get to team up with you now. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and what I always appreciated about you is you used to look so good in those orange CBC blazers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. I would never rock a blazer like that. And what, how many golf shirts do you wear in a week? Let's be real. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a very good point. Well, thanks for checking in tonight. Uh, this is an interesting story. Yes. Um, so 
Lo, let me ask you this. I, I know it's it sounds like a couple, like it's pretty much 50-50. Can you just give us the nuts and bolts of, of the cost here and uh, who's going to pay for what? For sure. So the way they basically displayed the deal last night when it came out two minutes before our 6 o'clock news ended, uh, they basically showed that it is technically 50-50, so $275 million from the city, $275 million from the Calgary Sports, and Entertainment Corporation, the Calgary Flames owners, obviously. But the city will also pay a certain amount of dollars for land costs, and they will pay the majority of the demolition of the infamous Saddle Dome. And that will cost roughly $15.4 million. From that batch, then the Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation will chip in another $1.4 million. So generally it's 50-50 with a few things on the side and then Different from Edmonton, where they raise ticket prices, they're not doing that here. Instead, ticket prices will likely stay the same, and then the city will get a percentage from those prices and, and events that go to the new rink for years to come, and they'll also get some money from naming rights for 10 years. So the numbers, are, there's a lot more details to the numbers that they than they display and that you'll really find out once the arena is actually built or if it does get ratified, the deal. So... But generally, it is 50-50. So, it, I, I, look, I, I don't live there, but it, it seemed yeah. this kind of, I don't, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but there was so much negativity, and it yeah. was kind of like, well, we're, we're just not going to talk to each other. To heck with it. So was this sort of a surprise, or was something building? Well, it is very weird timing, because right now, Calgary is obviously still in a recession, and as we speak tonight the city is talking budget cuts and trying to find 60 million dollars trimming from police from fire from transit because of property taxes they're trying to give business owners a break so it's a weird time for this deal to happen and the biggest controversy from it is that people are a little bit mad thinking well you don't have any money for this but all of a sudden you find some money for an arena but the way the city is portraying it is that this money comes from capital funding that that revenue that's from there that's always been there so it's kind of a different budget so it just depends on how you look at it some might say isn't why don't all budgets just kind of transcend so it is out of nowhere and you wonder what was it that made both sides really come to the table but i think both sides kind of want to get it done and i think the city needs a spark especially after losing the olympics so i think that has changed the attitudes of a lot of calgarians especially the ones i talked to today most are pretty happy with it and just think it needs to happen finally. Lisa McGregor joining us from Global Calgary. All right, what what's going on here? Because I remember the first, I, what did they call it, Calgary Next, a couple of years yes. ago? And it was yes. this massive project that included a new home from the Stampeders. And I know the Flames own the Stamps. So where are yes. they in McMahon Stadium and all of this? Well, that project was very different because they were debating between different locations. They were also looking at Victoria Park and different areas in the city, and it was way more expensive. So that was in the billions, and they also wanted it to be split three ways. So this deal is way smaller, way more, less money, and it's it's essentially a better deal for the city. They also will own the arena completely. They'll own the land, and then but the Flames won't have to pay any rent. So a lot of people do compare that deal from two years ago, but you can't really because it was so much more expensive 
And they also were taking into account the Olympics and a lot of different other facilities. So nothing has been mentioned in terms of McMahon Stadium as a part of this deal. Okay. So the the one thing I, I feel I learned, though it may not happen in every city, <laughs> but I feel I learned from the Edmonton project is that it, it takes longer than you might think, and that just when you have reason to be optimistic, something bad can happen. I mean, ultimately, right. Edmonton's arena was built two years later than they originally planned. There was a time there where the Cates group and the city stopped talking because the city got mad at, you know, Cates asking for yeah. a subsidy and all that kind of stuff. So I realized this was kind of, like you said, a little bit surprising last night, and it, it, it seems like people... Are, are optimistic about it, but I, it, like it's, it still seems to me this is far from done. What, what's happening next year? I would say, surprisingly, I think this is probably the, the closest it's ever come, and I think it actually might be, it could be done. I mean, the thing is, the difference, difference with Edmonton, too, is we all know that it costs way more than they anticipated, so Kate had to ship in more, and I think the city had to d- dip into a, a levy, and so that situation and also it cost me more because it was kind of sold more as that whole district the whole ice district whereas in calgary the arena is basically moving to the parking lot if you've ever been to mcmahon stadium or maybe people from edmonton were up here for stampede recently going to cowboys there's a parking lot right in front of the saddle zone and that's where it's going to go so it's there's been a sign there for years talking about renovations and and what they plan to do with the area and so i think at this rate the fact that Councillors stayed at City Hall till midnight last night, just going over how long they would give Calgarians to look over the deal. And they all voted nine to four to say, let's just get this done and only give them a week. I don't know if you say only, but it depends on who you're talking to. But I think this is actually going to move forward quite quickly. And I, I think it's going to get ratified by July 29th, no problem. And then they would start building when, in 2021? Yes, 2021. And they say it's supposed to cost or it should not be laid, delayed more than three years, and they don't anticipate any extra hidden costs. I mean, again, they always say that, and sometimes costs come up in other facets like construction or other areas, but um, they're also really building this up in terms of condos in the area. It's a very underdeveloped area for anyone that's familiar with it. So uh, I, for a lot of people, you think it's going to be dragged out longer, but in this case, I don't think it's going to be anymore because... I mean, especially losing the Olympics, I don't think they have a choice right now in terms of just getting some projects done. How, and it's been years since, well, it's probably been, I don't know, seven or eight years since I was in the Saddle Dome and it was for a concert, not not a hockey game. How, like, does it feel like an old rink that needs to be replaced? Because I know a lot of people would say to me, well, just renovate Rexall Place. And I would say, yeah. well, I understand that, but you can't just constantly keep renovating and renovating. I think eventually you have to right. suck it up and build something new. So what's the state of the saddle dome? I mean, I don't know. I think because the thing is a lot of people complain about all these new arenas. They're so far away. So, well, mainly for the media, we all complain. <laughs> you can't see the rink because it's so far up. Whereas the saddle dome has an awesome catwalk at the top where you can really see everything i mean personally i don't see a big difference but that said i came from rexall place where i really like the classic old school northlands and i've been to, to the new rogers place and it's beautiful but that said though we don't get a lot of concerts here i think that's a big sell point they don't get a lot of concerts they miss out on a lot of those opportunities so that's that's a huge factor but is it an old rink i mean it's going to fit generally the same amount of people when they 
when they build the new one, so that's not going to be a big difference. But I think a lot of times people want that spark, and if you need, if, if that area is underdeveloped, then you you want something that's just going to revive it. And uh, it depends on how you look at it. I can't really say because I'm not a person who sees a big difference in, in these fancy new arenas compared to the old school ones. All right. Well, interesting story, interesting development last night. Lisa, it's great to speak to you again, and I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for the update. My pleasure. Nice to connect with you again, Reed. Right on. That is Lisa McGregor from Global Calgary. So uh, something to follow. You know what? I, I, I hope they, they 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 build a new rink. I mean, it's I think it's just just time for them to do it. It is 7.45. Oh, do we have more Eskimos? Did you find some uh, Eskimos tickets under the bench there? We do. We have another four-pack of uh, Eskimos tickets. How about this? Here's what we'll do for the trivia question for the Eskimos tickets. Um, 780-496-0063. I'll give you the question now, and I'll ask you live on air when we get back. The Saddle Dome in Calgary hosted the 1988 Winter Olympic Hockey Tournament. Where did Canada finish? In what place did Canada finish? And also Kings Court when we get back. Hi, this is Trevor Harris of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. We're giving away four tickets to see Trevor Harris and the Eskimos take on the Toronto Argos on Thursday night, 7.30 kickoff, Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. And we are asking you for the trivia question because we just had uh, Lisa McGregor on to talk about the new arena deal in Calgary to replace the Saddle Dome. The Saddle Dome hosted the 1988 Winter Olympic Hockey Tournament. Where did Canada finish? Where did Canada finish? Jim, where did they finish? Uh, fourth place. Absolutely, buddy. Now, here's bon- you already got the tickets for a bonus right. question just to prove your amazing intellect and recall. Do you remember who the three medalists were? Uh, Russia was first. Yep. Uh, Finland. Yep. And Sweden. You nailed it. And the Finns beat, well, it was the Soviet Union, as they were called, whatever. They beat the Soviet Union in the very last game to jump up and win the silver medal. The Soviet Union had already locked up gold, and the Finns uh, jumped ahead of Sweden and Canada to uh, to win the bronze. Because as you remember, there, it was not a playoff format. It was a round robin. That's right. Of course you remember that. Of course I remember that. <laughs> and the I got to tell you this. I got to find tape of this or, or watch it on YouTube. The 11th place game saw France beat Norway 7-6 in a shootout. That must have been yeah, a Yeah, that was a classic. I remember it. <laughs> yeah. Jim, have you seen the Eskimos play this year? Uh, I have once. Live? Live. Good. Well... Like I said last night, they're a good home team. Uh, not as, Like the last year and a half, they're a good home team, not so good on the road. So hopefully they take yep. it to the Argos. Hang on the line, okay? Right on. Thanks. Kellen, while you do this, uh, I, I can play the feature out of here for you, our weekly feature. King's Court, brought to you by Dynasty Builders, designing the custom home of your dreams, available now exclusively in Landrex communities. And, of course, this stars Eskimos long snapper Ryan King. Welcome back. 
back to King's Court on 630 Chet. I'm your host, Ryan King. Today we are bringing on Andrew Jones, a three-time Great Cup champ and our new community coordinator. Thanks for coming on the show, Andrew. Let's start with uh, the transition from playing professional football, going into you know the real world, uh, work world, and also staying kind of close to a, a pro football team. How, uh, how cool has this transition been? It's actually been really cool, a lot of fun. I, I started out going to real estate right after I retired, and then I was having fun doing that, but I wanted to be around football. I miss being around the uh, the environment, being back on back in Commonwealth on game day. So getting back in the community is really a good thing for me because I also enjoy being out working in the community. Um, you kind of mentioned there the being in the stadium at game time. It must be a little odd, obviously not having the pads on, being out there. Uh, you played, um, you know, a lot of years, won a lot of great cups. Obviously, being on the field means a lot to you. How, how difficult was that? Uh, you know, for the first couple times watching the games versus playing in the games. It was difficult. Uh, it was good that I had a bit of a time in between when I first retired and then to actually when I was back around. I think I needed some time to get away from the game just a little bit because it is hard. I'm, I got I was lucky that I got to leave the game more on my terms. I was A lot of guys don't get that. They just kind of get released right before training camp or they just get they set, they get their bags and their, their pack and they're on their way home. But I, I got to leave on my terms and my body was telling me it was time to go and uh, it was a good time for me to transition into the next part of my life. What are the, What's something you miss the most about uh, just not being part of the locker room again? Every, the locker room, just like in general, man. Like the, the camaraderie and the friendships that you form in the locker room and just having have a, a great time with the boys. Like just it's that's the biggest part that you miss. And I think that uh, it's it's gonna. I don't think it's you can ever really replace that. I think that's kind of a, that's something that's in sports, like in football, like those kind of relationships that you form, like they last forever. I'm lucky I still got a lot of friends in town who I still hang out with and I see on a, on a daily basis. So it's good like that. Nice. Um, let's move into the, your community role. Obviously, um, we lead by example in Edmonton with all the community work that we do. Um, and I've been a part of a lot of that in, in the past. And, and I know how important this role is that you're in now for not only the team, but for, for the community uh, of Edmonton as well, too. Um, you know, Do you feel any pressure stepping into this new role? And uh, how has the role been up uh, for your first season? It's been great. Uh, pressure, I can't say I feel pressure about it. I, I did a lot of community work also when I was playing. And I feel like any player in the CFL, any player, especially uh, you have a chance to be out in the community and to do good in, uh, while you're playing. And I think that's kind of the responsibility that goes along with being a professional athlete. You, you have a responsibility to give back, and we're lucky that we have so many good guys on our team who actually like to be on the community. Like, I can't count how many guys came up to me even like during training camp, after camp, and were asking, like, hey, when do we have things going on? Let me know. Like, So we have really great guys, and like that makes, it, that makes my job easy because I can connect these guys with the people in the community who they who want to go out and the people in the community love the Eskimos man like we we are so lucky to be in a, in a, in a community that that accepts the team so much and they, they support them I played for different teams I played in Toronto I played in big markets where they, they just don't care that much about the team and like we're, we're lucky that we have so many fans that that care about us and you did a lot of community work uh, while you played you said and, and we've played together uh, for a lot of years and, and I know how good you are in the community you think that helps a lot in um in your role now as a community coordinator uh, in knowing you know what kind of appearances, how the guys react, how the guys uh, are thinking going into these. Um, do you think that had a, an advantage? I think it definitely does. Uh, knowing how the schedule is, because it's, it's, it's a tight schedule when, when the season's going. So knowing how guys are after road trips or knowing if, it's, if they got back at 3 in the morning and someone's asking if we can show up for something at like 9.30 the next day, like I don't need to go and ask them. I already know what's going on. Like I know that like listen, they just got back. Like give them a Give them some time. We have guys who will be able to do it. 
then we have like practice roster guys and different guys who we can also fill those roles. So it's good like that. So definitely having that experience, having having done it before, probably gives me a little bit of a leg up on some people who might not have who might not know that. Playing for Toronto, BC, Saskatchewan, and Edmonton, uh, winning three Grey Cups, having a phenomenal career. Why retire an Eskimo? I love Edmonton. Uh, and also, I met my wife here, so that helped out while I was playing. Uh, so that kind of... The, the city, it's, it's great. It suits my personality. I think it's a lot more laid back than some of those bigger markets that are those bigger cities that you just mentioned. Uh, I like to go back to Toronto. I still have a lot of family there, but whenever I'm there, I'm, I, I, I'm thinking about how much I want to get back to Edmonton and it's, it goes back to having so many good people in the city it's just like I like the, the vibe in the city like hardworking people who care about each other they're not afraid to say hello to you when you're walking down the street and like a lot of the bigger cities you don't you don't get that so being a community guy it helps out for being in a, in a place like this I said today we had a big one um, Monday morning magic um, how important is that to the uh, to the organization I think it's it's very important uh, it's something that's it's a long-standing tradition to get the guys to go and ride, 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 take, take care of the kids and have and put a smile on their faces. And, like, it's one of the things that our guys are always looking forward to doing. Um, I didn't have anybody complaining about being there. It's a volunteer thing that the guys like to do, and, and they get out there. It's a short week, so we have a fast turnaround, and guys are still loving being out there. And even after it was over, just a lot of them have, having just commented and saying, it's nice to see the kids having a great time and be able to ride the rides with them and do all that. So it, it, was, a good, it was a good day. Awesome. Well, um, someone that, like you said, been in the community a long time, uh, been on the team eight years. You've, you're doing a phenomenal job uh, in your role as a community coordinator, uh, being a part of a lot of your appearances. Uh, you're very professional what you're doing, and it's good to see you transition into a to a good role, uh, and you're being successful at it. So appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode of King's Core on 630 Chad. I will see you next week for another episode. Dynasty Builders, designing the custom home of your dreams, available now exclusively in Landrex communities. Eskimos and Argos, our coverage starts at 6 o'clock on Thursday. The producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell. Our studio producer this evening is Kellen Kennedy. Thank you so much for listening tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great evening. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.